Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Good morning, everyone. Oh, come on, somebody give God a shout of praise this morning. How many of you know that God is still alive? How many of you know that God is still in control? Oh, no, I said you know. Not you think, you know that God is still in control. I want you to stand to your feet, open your Bibles with me this morning. I am just so excited about what God wants to share and do this morning. For those of you joining us online, it is such a pleasure to have you with our online campus this morning. Come on, give our online campus another round of applause. Amen. And for those of you that chose to be here this morning, thank you for being here. I know this is troubling times for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, uh, with, with the Delta variant going on, with the fear that's beginning to go out, go on again. Uh, listen, I want you to protect yourselves. Uh, for those of you that are coming to church, if you're feeling you start getting a scratch in your throat, you start feeling a little sick, stay home. There's no shame in your game by staying home and watching online. And for those of you that are that's still uncomfortable coming to church, those of you watching online, hey, we're praying for you. But you know what? I believe that it's time for us to start reclaiming ground that we've surrendered. Come on, say it again, Pastor. In, in the book of Matthew, chapter 8, if you would turn there, uh, this is an account that we find in three of the four Gospels. Only John doesn't record this. And because the book of John was the last of the Gospels written, John probably felt, you know, I don't need to cover this because it's already been dealt with. But three of the four Gospels cover this account. And so as I was reading in my devotional time, there was a scripture that just jumped out. And every so often as you read, how many of you online know what I'm talking about? You read a scripture and all of a sudden, although you've read it over and over and over again, because you're in a different season of life, it hits you in a different way. And as I read this scripture, it literally grabbed me. I really felt like the words literally came off the page, grabbed a hold of me and pulled me in. And I want to take you to this event in Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. Matthew 8, verse 28. And Jesus and the disciples have just crossed over this lake. And when they get there, the Bible says, when they came to the other side, everyone say other side. It says two of the country of Gennesinus, there met him two demon-possessed men. Now, I want you to notice what happens. They were coming out of the tomb extremely fierce. Demons are bad enough to deal with. Let me try this side. Demons are hard enough to deal with. But the Bible says these demons were extremely fierce so that no one could pass by. Everyone say that with me. So that no one could pass by. One more time. So that no one could pass by. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. So that no one could pass by. When I read that aspect, it grabbed a hold of me, and I want you to see what takes place here. 
The Bible says that no one could go into that region because these demons were so fierce, because they were so extremely fierce that those that lived in that region, the men that lived in that region, the ladies that lived in that region, those that operated on the other side of the lake. Now, this other side of the lake is where the Gentiles live. Anyone that's not a Jew is a Gentile. So Jesus is going into new territory. Whenever you go into new territory, you're going to face new demons. Whenever you decide to expand, whenever you decide to go into a new level, you're going to find the new devil, as T.D. Jake says. As Jesus gets to the other side, the Bible says that there are demons that are so fierce that the people of the land have given up that ground to them. These demons were so violent, so strong, so intimidating so dangerous, they were so scary, formidable, so violent, they were so extremely fierce and evil. Have you ever run into someone that's so fierce, so evil, you don't even want to be them? Don't raise your hands, okay? <laughs> Have you ever been around someone like that? You don't even want to be in, in that vicinity. You don't go visit that family member because they're toxic. You don't go, you don't, you stay away from that coworker because of the things that they always bring. And so you avoid those areas. And I want you to see that the men of this area, they didn't just give up the ground. What had happened is they tried on several occasions, as you look at the other three accounts in the word, they tried on different occasions to bind this demon to chain this demon, to, to lock him down. But every time they did it, they just broke out. Have you ever tried in your own strength to try to deal with an issue and lock down a demon or try to deal with the problem in your own strength? Only to keep failing? And you get to the point that it's, man, I've tried. I, I've tried. I did my best. I put my best effort forward and I tried to deal with the problem and it just it just got bigger. It got bigger. So finally, what they end up doing is they finally say this. Let them have it. Just let them have it. We're not going to go to the tombs anymore. We're not going to go to that region anymore. We're not going to go to this place anymore. We're just going to let it go. We're not even going to fight for it anymore. And there's many of us that have given up ground. We've surrendered territory in our health, in our, in our families, in our peace, in our relationships, in our marriage, in our sobriety, that we've gotten to the point where I've tried, I've done my best, but it didn't work. So we just surrender the ground. We're starting a new series today called Reclaim. This is a word that's been in my heart and in my back pocket for months. And I just never felt the, that it was the season or the time to do this. And the Lord placed this in our heart. I, I put it down on our calendar, on our preaching calendar. Back in May, I, put, I wrote down that this Sunday was the Sunday to release the word. This isn't just a word. This is a prophetic declaration. This is a setup at this moment. This is something that God, by his ordination, had been back months ago, had put on this date. This is the word you're going to share for this season, not knowing what we were going to go through. 
The word reclaim means to demand or obtain return of. It means to regain possession of. And see, there are many things in our life that, we have, that have been taken from us. There's things in our life that we've surrendered. There's things in our life that have been misplaced. And as a result, we've ended up losing those things. But I want you to know that sometimes crisis rises up, storms rise up, defeats rise up, or, or even laziness ends up causing us to surrender ground that God intended you to have. Reclaim is about getting it back. Everyone say reclaim. Now, come on, say it like you mean it. Reclaim. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4 because Matthew tells us this, but I want to see what happens, how Mark tells the same story but gives us the prelude to what's taking place here. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, it's on the screen for you. It says this, on the same day, someone say same day. It was the same day Jesus was just got, giving, got done giving insight to the disciples. He wasn't speaking to them in parables anymore. And so he takes them and he gives them insight. And after giving them this insight, the very same day, listen, God doesn't give you new revelation to keep you in the same place. God does not give you new revelation so that you can stay put. God gives them new revelation, and then he gives them an invitation to come with me to the other side. Everyone say other side. He takes them, let us cross over to the other side. He gives them an invitation, and then he sets the destination. Come, let us go to the other side. The other side of what? That Greek word, other side, is paran. Paran means this. It means to go across the other side to beyond. And what's it, what does it mean by that? The other side of what? The other side of loneliness, the other side of bitterness, the other side of offense, the other side of hurt, the other side of sin, the other side of addiction, the other side of abuse, the other side of fear, the other side of divorce, the other side of brokenness, the other side of your past, the other side of your failures. He says, listen, I want to take you from this side and I want to bring you to the other side. But there is a process we must go to, to leave the past, to go over into something new. You're trying to experience the new things of God on the same side of the river. You can't do that. He doesn't give you revelation to stay. He gives you revelation to cross. I want you to see what happens here. Are you with me? After Jesus preaches to the crowds, he's already in the boat. And he tells them, let's go to the other side. He sets the destination. And as a result, other boats start following them across this, this, the, the, the sea, the Sea of Galilee. Then the unexpected happens. Have you ever been serving God with your heart and then something unexpected happens? Someone got their hands and their feet up. You're like, I'm doing all right things, but the wrong things keep happening. God, God, you're the one that told me to go to the other side. And out of nowhere, a storm rises. And God, I'm serving you, and my loved one dies. I'm serving you, and I end up in a divorce. I'm serving you, and I'm losing my home. 
I'm serving you, and I just can't. I find out I have this sickness. Have you ever been in that situation of life? And a storm rises, not just any storm. Listen carefully. The, the, the Greek word for storm that's used here is hurricane force winds. Like a hurricane is raised up. And it's not just the winds. It's the waves. It's not just the waves. It's the thunder. It's not just the thunder. It's the fact that the whole, uh, the whole sea is shaken to the point that these seasoned fishermen begin to panic. And why do they panic? Is because there's an issue that's taking place. It's not that the, the storm is taking place. They've been in storms before. The problem is water has gotten in to the boat. I can deal with the fence. I can deal with hurt. As long as the storm of hurt doesn't get into me. You've heard it said that it's not the water around the boat that sinks it. It's when the water outside the boat gets into the boat. You might be going through some stuff, but you, just because you're going through it doesn't mean you can allow it to get into you. And as this, the boat begins to fill with water, the Greek word literally says that the boat is filled with water. They are, they're, they're pouring out water. They're doing their best. They are doing everything they know to get out of the storm. You, you, you get into a problem in your marriage. You're doing everything you can to navigate that storm of your relationship. When you get into a financial crisis, you do everything you can. You beg, borrow, and steal. Everything you know how to do to navigate that storm. You see, the problem with storms is this. The hardest storms to navigate are the storms where you are an expert in. Because if you know how to navigate certain storms, you don't need God. God, you sit this one out. And as the boat is filling up with water, it's not until the very end that they wake Jesus up. But they don't wake Jesus. Where's Jesus at during this time? He's what? He, just like some of y'all and some of you at home watching on, online. Just because you got your phone on doesn't mean that you're in, interacting on what's taking place right now. Jesus was asleep in the boat. What I love about Jesus, Jesus knew the times to get rest. My friend, you need to know when to get rest. You need to learn when to sleep. You need to learn when to disconnect. You need to learn when to be able to recharge. Sleep. Rest is a weapon, I've heard said. I want you to understand what takes place here. As Jesus is asleep, look at what chapter 4, verse 38 says. If you're there, say amen. Notice this, he says, but Jesus, talking about Jesus, he was, a, he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him, saying, Teacher, look at this question, don't you care that we're perishing? Man, they are pouring the buckets out, the ship's going like this, it's going back and forth, and Jesus is chill. It's like he's asleep. Not, not, not a care in the world. And they don't wake him up to save them. They wake him up to panic with them. How do I know this? 
Because when Jesus does calm the storm, they're shocked. If they had expected him to do it, when he did it, they would have been like, cool, we, we, good job, Jesus. But they were shocked. But I, I want you to see where they go with this. He was, he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they woke, awoke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? Have you ever noticed this, that our default mode when problems arise is to question if God cares for us? Let me try this side. That whenever we go through a crisis, we start, that these are disciples. They, they broke the, they, they fed 5,000 with Jesus. They, they saw miracles. They saw signs and wonders. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. And all of a sudden, now in the middle of a storm, they begin to question, does God really care for us? I know I've asked that question. I'm not being overly religious. I've asked that question before. God, don't you care? Do you see what we're going through? Are you watching? Are, are you asleep on the stern right now? Don't you care what we're facing in this moment? Don't you care about my marriage? Don't you care about my illness? Don't you care about the depression we're going through? Don't you care about COVID? Don't you care about my job? Don't you care about my wife? Don't you care about my children? God, don't you care? Where are you? Wake up! They prayed without expectation. When they asked Jesus to wake up, they were praying without expectation. Have you ever done so? You prayed, but you didn't believe? Prayed for something, but didn't expect God to respond? You went through the process of praying, came to church to encounter God, but you just came to complain rather than to encounter. I want you to see what's taking place here. Still with me. Verse 38, notice what Jesus, I gotta hurry here. Then he arose, Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind. Everyone say rebuke. That this is the same word that Jesus uses to rebuke demons. You see, Jesus understood this wasn't a normal storm. This storm rose up to keep them from getting to the other side. This storm was a demonic oppression to keep them from reaching new territory, from taking over territory, from establishing what God called them to do. And so this storm rose up and they thought it was a natural storm because storms in that region were normal. But when this storm rises up, Jesus is like, no, we don't navigate this storm. We rebuke it. There are some storms you don't navigate in life. You rebuke them. You, you speak to that storm and you calm the storm. You decree to that storm, you will not rage in my family. You will not rage in my church. You will not rage in my heart. You will not rage in my community. You, it's going to stop right here. Peace. Be still. Storms don't respond to volume. Otherwise, I can calm storms with no problem. Storms don't respond to your tone. 
They respond to authority. And you're fighting storms. You're yelling at the storm at the top of your lungs. Jesus steps up. Peace. Be still. A better translation is be quiet. Shut up. Shut up. Put a muzzle on it. That, that's literally what the, what, what the Greek word means. It literally put a muzzle on it. You know what? There's some of us that need a muzzle. Because it's not the storm around you. It's the storm inside of you. We got to muzzle some people. We got to put a muzzle on because every time you speak a word, you're creating an atmosphere. You were created in the image of an almighty God. And just the way God created with the spoken word, we create atmospheres and environments by the words that we speak. And whenever we speak, I will never get out of this. I will always be in this situation. I will never break that addiction. I will never be free. My marriage will never be whole. My kids will never be saved. I'll never be set free. The moment you speak those words, shut up. Muzzle yourself. Jesus rebukes the storm. You see, there's, you don't counsel storms out, you cast them out. Jesus speaks right to the source. Stay, stay with me. He muzzles the storm, and immediately the sea goes like glass. Bro, that would freak me out. You're going from this to all of a sudden. In fact, the Bible says that they're more afraid now of Jesus than they were about the storm that was just about to defeat them. Yeah, there's some things God can do that would scare the hell out of us. If you really understood who God was. He would really scare literally the, the possession out of you, the demon out of you, the offense out of you, the sickness out of you, the bitterness out of you, the loneliness out of you, the, the, the depression out of you. When you recognize who he is, they are so freaked out. And I, now I want you to notice what Jesus does. Jesus fixes the issue then he deals with the disciples. Calms the storm. Then he deals with the disciples. Love before lecture. Love before lecture. And we're over here trying to fix the problem. We're yelling at the kids. Clean your room. Get this done. You're yelling at your husband, your wife. You're yelling at your people around you. We're all yelling, but no one's fixing the problem first. Jesus fixes the issue. And then he corrects. Verse 40. He said to them, how are you so fearful? And how is it that you still have no faith? Man, after some of the things God has done for some of you guys, how is it that you still have no faith? How is it that you still can walk in the things that we do 
with no fear. When you realize who God is and what God has done for us. You see, Jesus deals with fear in the disciples. Why? He tells them this. He goes, how is it that you still have are so fearful? And why is it you still have no faith? What Jesus is saying, I cannot allow you guys to get to where we're going because we have a demon that we're going to face on the other side. So if you're afraid of this, you're not going to be able to deal with this. If you can't deal with this, you're going to have a hard time dealing with this. So I got to deal with the, uh, the source of this problem before we get to the other side. Oh, somebody got to hear me this morning. See, storms in life rise up because they want to intimidate you to turn back. Many of you right now are in the middle of a storm. Storm in your marriage, your finances, your family, your health, your spirit. That's trying to get you to turn around. But if you would stay the course. Now, you're not hearing me. You would stay the course. And you would stop trying to navigate the storm on your own and wake up Jesus. Verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said to the one another, who can this be that even the wind and the waves obey him? And Jesus has authority over sickness, death. He has authority over demons and spirits. He has authority over storms and atmospheres and territories. Oh, come on. Somebody give God a shout of praise right now. Amen. Lord, we worship you this morning, God. You see, it's easy to get caught up. And tell stories of the storm, and you forget to get to the other side. They were trying to get him to turn back, but they, they don't. This is where we come to Matthew 8, 28, where they get to the other side, and they're confronted by these demons that would not, someone say would not, would not. allow people to pass by. Omaha, if you would help me this morning. That word pass by means hinder. There are many things in our lives, there are demonic forces that are trying to hinder you from moving forward. There are demonic forces that are trying to keep you from moving forward in your walk with God. There are, there are forces that are trying to stop you. And these men of the city, although they tried, had given up a region, a territory to these spirits, to these men. Now, although they were dwelling in tombs, that meant this. It's just a graveyard, Pastor Dan. That's all they gave up. Wait, it's, it's just my marriage. You know, it's just my finances. It's just, my, it's just that, that, that couple. It's just that family. Whenever we start giving up territory, the enemy starts taking more territory. The moment you give in in one area, you're going to start compromising in other areas as well. When I give up territory in one area, it's easy to give up more territory in the future. Then the king shows up. Jesus gets to the other side. I want you to see what happens here. Stay with me. We're going to close in a moment. The moment Jesus gets there, the demons show up. When the presence of God shows up, demons show up. Some of you are scared right now. I don't, I don't want demons, Pastor Dan. I've got a hard enough time dealing with my husband. <laughs> I got a terrible two right now. That's hard enough. 
want you to see, see what takes place here. Jesus shows up and the demons automatically show up as well. That word hinder means to keep someone from having access to. Jesus comes in the region and he says, no, 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 this region belongs to me. Not to them. Jesus steps in with authority. And the moment he gets there, the demons start worshiping him. You ever notice that throughout the word? Whenever a demon comes in contact with Jesus, they start, oh, son of God, son of the most high God. What do we have to do with you? And these demons cry out and say, Yo, our judgment day isn't here yet. You see, the devils know that the judgment day is coming. They know that their end is near. They know that they have no hope of staying around. And they, but they know that that time hasn't come yet. And Jesus shows up and they're like, no, no, no. It's illegal for you to cast us out right now. You're, you're not supposed to be here yet. Jesus says, no, it's illegal for you to be here. And your time is over. You know, demons know that their time of judgment is coming. Yet they don't change their ways. Judgment day is coming, but they don't change their ways. Judgment day is coming, but they don't change their ways. Judgment day is coming, but they don't change their ways. Judgment day is coming. How can you stay the same? Don't got time for petty things. Ain't got time for junk. We, we, got a, we got a world to set free. We got a kingdom to establish. We got the glory of God that we need to reveal. And we got to take territory back. Well, I, I want to ask you a question. These men in the city gave up ground. What areas have you surrendered? What areas of your life have you just handed over? What areas of you, your life you just said, it's just too hard, it's too difficult, I'm just going to let this go. What surrendered territory have you given up? Because today it's time to take it back. It's time to take back territory. It's time to take back your peace. It's time to pay, take back your, 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 your anointing. It's time to take back. Jesus shows up and he reclaims the ground. You're missing this. Jesus shows up and reclaims the dirt. Jesus shows up and reclaims the dirt. Jesus shows up and reclaims the dirt. You're not catching this. He formed Adam out of the dust, the dirt of the ground. And he shared his breath with Adam. He didn't just come to take back the territory. He came to take care of the dirt and reclaim those two men 
whose lives had been ravaged by demons all their lives. The Bible says over 6,000 demons was inside one of those men. 6,000. I got so much respect for that man because he didn't give up. How many of us have one problem when we throw in the towel? This guy had 6,000 demons affecting him and he still refused to quit. He didn't kill himself. He didn't end his life. He still stayed in the fight. Some of you are giving up too quickly. You're throwing in the towel before getting some sweat on it. I'm here to tell you that deliverance is coming. I'm here to tell you deliverance is coming. Because where the presence of God is, there is liberty. Come on, stand to your feet with me this morning. Didn't even get close to finishing this morning. The man that Jesus delivers, he sets him free and he wants to go with Jesus. He says, can I go with you? He says, no, I want you to stay here. Why don't you tell people what I did for you? I want you to tell people how I transformed your life. The struggle you're going through right now God, why? It's going to become a testimony to the regions around you of God's goodness. Today is the day of deliverance. Come on, today is the day of deliverance. The, the same spirit, someone say same spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you not a like spirit not not a knockoff spirit same spirit the same spirit that gave Jesus the authority to tell those demons to leave is in you that should scare you because how can I have offense unforgiveness bitterness when that spirit is in me it's impossible. I can't have unforgiveness towards you if I have his spirit in me. I can't talk about you if I have his spirit in me. If we allow bitterness, unforgiveness, offense to dwell in us, I question if the spirit is in you. You don't know what they did to me, pastor. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. But you don't know how they hurt me. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. But you don't know what I'm going through. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Dwells in you. Dwells in me. And it checked me. It's been checking me. It's areas I'm still working on. All I know is that when I get offended, I need more of him. 
I need more of him. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. I, I need you to search your heart. Not them, your heart. Not the family member that hurts you, your heart. Not the one that abandoned you, your heart. It's time to stop pointing fingers and start taking responsibility. Deliverance, freedom. Father, I pray for every heart in this place right now, for those online as well. We speak liberty. Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. Lord, I pray liberty right now would go to every home online right now, to every heart here in this place. Lord, forgive me for speaking ill of others. Forgive me for holding offense towards others. Forgive me, Lord God, for talking about others. Forgive me, my God, for holding bitterness against someone else. Lord, I pray that in this moment, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead would come alive in me this morning, right now. Come on, just lift your hands right where you are. Surrender to God. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Fill me. I want to get to the other side. I don't want to stay on this side. I don't want to be intimidated to staying still. I want to step in to what you've called me to. I'm ready for what's next. I want the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on my life. Holy Spirit, fill me this morning. Fill me. New measure. I make room for you. I make room for you. Anything that's not of you, remove it. Remove it now so that there's more space for your presence. I go all in. I give you all of me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I'm going to have you do me a favor, even though we're still online right now. As comfortable as you are, or as if you can social distance as we come to the altars, I'm going to ask you to take your communion cups and come to the altar this morning. And if you're uncomfortable coming to the altar, you could stay in one of the aisleways or just, just make some space. Communion. Relationship. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That's what this symbolizes. I can't do it on my own strength. I can't heal my marriage on my own. I can't restore my son or my kids on my own. It's only through the relationship with God. What we need is more of Him. We're so busy fighting for rights. I want to wear a mask. I don't want to wear a mask. I want to get vaccine, vaccinated. I don't want to get vaccinated. I, Democrat, Republican. Relationship. Jesus. 
Whatever side of the fence you're on, I love you. Whatever side of the fence you're on, I respect you. That's not going to separate us. But what we need in this world today is more Jesus. He said, take and eat my body, which was broken for you. So you take the body of Christ. I want you to picture Christ coming in you. I want you to picture just a, being consumed by the presence of God this morning. Take the bread this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you this morning. Come on, just feel his presence come upon you as you commune with him. I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for giving your body for me, God. Thank you for shedding your blood so that I could be forgiven of sin. Lord, I so appreciate your love, your mercy, your grace. I want you in a like manner to take the cup. Those of you at home as well, whatever you're taking, take the cup this morning in faith that wherever you're believing for healing and breakthrough, where the presence of God is, there's freedom. Take the cup this morning. I'm going to pray with those of you here. And if you feel that you need freedom, deliverance, we're going to pray with you this morning. For those of you at home, we love you. And I just pray God's blessing over you. And we're praying for you as well. Until we see each other again, remember, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.